Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to yet another episode of the Laugh Spin Podcast. I am Dylan Godino, founder and editor of LaughSpin.com. This is a special episode. This is my interview with Doug Stanhope. It was an interesting interview. It was a little surreal, uh, and I'll and I'll tell you that in uh, tell you why in a in a second or two. But first, I wanted to mention there's you're going to hear this is a little different because you're going to hear there's there's other people in the room as we were doing this interview. This took place uh, at the Green Room at Levity Live, which is an incredibly nice club in uh, West Nyack, New York, in Rockland County, New York. This was done uh, an hour or so before Doug took to the stage. Also in the room is Laughspin assistant editor Billy Presida. You might hear him cackling. Junior Stupka, who is a very funny comedian. Doug's opener, who's uh, he goes on the road with Doug quite a bit. He's there as well. Greg, Doug's roadmap manager. Now I mentioned, I, I mentioned all of these people because at some point you might hear them in the background or talking. Also, we hear from Doug's manager through the phone and you'll, you'll understand why as uh, Doug will, will hold the phone up to the mic and you will hear him talk as well. And uh, it'll become apparent why that's happening during this interview. The interview was a little surreal. Why was it surreal, Dylan? I'll tell you why. The first thing Doug tells me as he's walking into the green room at Levity Live is that some very good friends of his, they're, they're, it, was a, it was a terrible day. And so I thank Doug for actually uh, even uh, you know not canceling the interview because if I was him, I would have canceled the interview. He finds out a very good friend of his, a woman, a neighbor of his, uh, has died. And... Also, the husband of that woman committed suicide shortly thereafter. So he's telling me this as, uh, as, as, as you know, he's walking into the green room. It was a little surreal. So that happens. There's talk of Marilyn Manson. There's talk of TMZ. I won't even uh, get into why, because you'll hear that all sort of unfold during the interview. But it was a, I, I don't even know what we captured. I'm not sure what we captured. I hope it was entertaining. It's Doug Stanhope, for Christ's sakes. So, I mean, that is just getting Doug to talk on the Last Spin podcast was great. I've interviewed him many, many times throughout the years, but this is the first time he's on the podcast. So, again, thanks to him for taking the time. And thanks for you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. And I'm going to shut up. Here's the interview. Let's set the scene. We are backstage at Levity Live in beautiful West Nyack, New York. Obviously, you're listening to Doug Stanhope. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a show tonight. It's going to be good. One night only. One night only. One night. You're looking good. You're looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, I feel I feel strong. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no. You heard my stories. Like, <laughs> our, like our best friends in uh, in Bisbee. One of them died of a heart thing yesterday morning, right when we we're leaving. And then uh, as we uh, were. <laughs> trying to rebound from that then her husband uh they're tenants of ours they live next door 
I bought the house next door drunk. I'll talk about all this on stage. It's a long story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he killed himself. He came home and hung out with my girlfriend all day and then went home and blew his fucking head off. And my girlfriend's now scrubbing brains off the wall before the families get there. Is that true? Yeah. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long day. Long two days. So you, okay, so you live in Bisbee, which is, uh, if people don't know, it's small town, Arizona, near the right. Mexican border, correct? Right. Um, so you live in a you live in a house there, but you also own a yeah. house right next to it. Yeah, and you have tenants, right? So we have tenants, but they were friends of ours first, and we go, sure. hey, well, just let them live there for you know near nothing, to you know they can walk the dogs and uh, trade that off, and they play music with uh, my girlfriend Bingo, and uh, now they're all dead, like all of a sudden. <laughs> how did how did it was a guy who died? No, his wife died. His wife died. She and had a, she just infection in her heart, and uh, she was in the hospital for like a week. And he came back and said, "It looks like they might have to do open heart surgery because the infection's not responding to antibiotics." So we immediately jumped on to do a, a podcast because we had our shit out. We'd been podcasting when he came in. I go, "Hey, let's do a cliffhanger podcast." Oh boy! And you can tell the story leading up to her open heart surgery because I always flicked her shit about you. You're gonna die because she had the lupus and she had to go to uh, what do you call it? Uh, dialysis three times a week, and so I always gave her related shit. to lupus. Anytime she made any reference to something she'd do in the future, I'd go, "Oh, you're going to be dead by then." How so, old is she? Was she forty? Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ! Thirty-eight. And he said on the podcast that if she ever died, we didn't really expect she was going to die in surgery, but it was still funny to go, "Hey, find out if she's dead on the next podcast." Uh, and he said on the podcast that he'd kill himself if she died, and he but did. He it. said it in a, his own inimitable sweet way. Uh, but he did. Yeah, he shot himself. Yep. And that and this is just this is hours ago. This yeah. is today. Yeah. And now I get to do a show. <laughs> How long did you know these guys? I've known her. Well, it's a really uh, weird story. I met her on a triple gig in like 1992. <laughs> it was a one night stand, and uh, and then turns out they just happen to end up in the same town. You know, almost 20 years later. So we've known him for years. Wow. Like five years, probably. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Four? To hear all this. Maybe it's only three. I don't know. But, but you were close, nonetheless. Yeah, you were, you were like Bingo's best friends in the world. Oh, my God. And how's she doing? I mean, besides, obviously not well. Well, yeah, she's not the, she doesn't have the mental faculties to be dealing with that shit, but fortunately, I mean, the, who does? there's uh, some hysterical parents around that uh, she has to be the you know, calm one. Right. You know, if someone's out freaking out more than you, it puts the onus on you to go, oh, it's okay, everything's going to be okay. Where if they weren't there, someone would have to be calming her down. Bingo saying it's, yeah. it's going to be okay. Well, that time will come eventually when she freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so you know, massive. It just the just whiskey girl dying was like, oh, fuck, this just doesn't make sense. Wow. All right. Well, that's... Uh, yeah, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Jesus Christ. And, but well, and, and, I, and I should say, this is, this, is, this is funny. TMZ, so before we hit record here, uh, you got a call from TMZ. When I walked into the room, I was talking to the Arizona Daily Star right. about you know, the suicide and death. Because oh. local musicians, they're pretty well known in Arizona. Oh. So I was talking to them, 
And then when I get off, there was a voicemail from TMZ, where I'm sure TMZ is not a big follower of Whiskey Girl and a Nowhere Man. Actually, it's Nowhere Man and a Whiskey Girl, but I always put her first. <laughs> uh, so I, I can't imagine it would be related to that. You never know. They, you never know. They I mean, latch on to whatever. If, yeah. if somebody's dead, yeah. getting engaged on, Suicide or on drugs. I fucking loathe TMZ. I, at one time, they came up to me. I had done uh, the green room for Paul Provenza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure so time, afterwards, yeah. Uh, me and Ron White, and Kathleen Madigan, uh, David Tell was at the improv. So we went down there and we all ended up doing sets. And TMZ was out front afterwards talking to Ron White. And then they, I was shit faced. <laughs> and uh, they started asking me something. And I just went into it, it had come back to haunt me. If I ever went on some massive uh, shooting spree, because I told them how fucking much I loathe everything that they're about, and I would hesitate, I would not hesitate for a second to ki- kill him in whatever, you know. Oh, good. So that's graphic fashion. Yeah, I just right in the camera, is, and with every you know ounce of honesty in me, I told them exactly how deeply I fucking hated them and could watch them all be mutilated and killed and tortured. Oh, oh good. I'm sure I made it. Yeah. Did that get posted? No, I'm I'm not they're famous. Just, but they're just I, keeping it for evidence. Should I become famous? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's sitting in a vault. Somewhere. They'll have that. Yeah, maybe that's why they're calling you. Maybe they're about to extort you for something. Could be. But now your your buddy your buddies with I just witnessed you talking to Marilyn Manson on the cell phone. Well, that's the only uh, thing Which I could a, think very that surreal TMZ to me. might want to talk to me about is because yeah, Marilyn Manson and I have been you know, tweeting sweet things back and forth to each other. Now, did this just start? I'm reading. I'm looking at a tweet now from September 13th. Dear Marilyn Manson, I need to know now if we are best friends or not, because I'm telling folks we are. Was that was that how it started? I'm not sure which tweet started it. I think he <laughs> tweeted. Yeah, no, he tweeted something at me that was very cryptic. Tweeted something about I had some post about a sh- the shit town tour and playing Muncie. And he said something. I love you, Doug Stanhope. I can't wait for us to be roommates or something. Something something about being roommates that didn't make sense. Right. So then I tweeted that back. And you had never met him before? No, no. He sent me a direct message saying, we need to hang around as soon as possible. I'm like, that's fucking weird. And so now you're, you you guys talk on the phone. Yeah, we chat and we text and he sends me weird pictures. What kind of pictures? Uh, He sent a picture of, uh, I guess he must have some projection camera TV where it's his wife standing. (laughs) But me projected like four times her size on her, but really artsy. I'll show it to you. Cool. Have yeah, you? It's cool. I, have you hung out? No, no. I was. I'm, I just left for this tour, but I told him I'd come out to L.A. in November. It sounds like a fucking story. Yeah, Marilyn Manson and Doug Stanhope. I like it. Yeah, seems to fit. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It really does. All right, so TMZ is after you for some reason. We'll yeah, we just, Brian just said that uh, TMZ is calling something related to the, the suicide in Bisbee. Oh, it is? Yes. Jesus Christ. So, so uh, how, how, how is your day? My day my, my day is, oh, Lisa Lampanelli says hello. I love Lisa Lampanelli. She, I, uh, I interviewed her earlier today, and she said, um, what else are you doing today? I said, I'm going to meet Doug Stanhope tonight in West Nyack, New York. And she said, I love Doug Stanhope. Tell him I say hello. We played uh, Harris in Tahoe or Harvey's, one of those clubs in Tahoe. And uh, she was 
she went it was going up first and fucking crushing. I never ate more shit or <laughs> lost more money. They don't, you don't throw good money after bad, and you don't throw good money after eating shit in front of Lisa Lampanelli. Every night I'd hit the tables depressed. And it was hilarious because in Tahoe, everybody's fucking white. So all she, she'd do the same act, but she'd just go, okay, you got dark hair. You're Italian. Right. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, you got curly hair. You're the black guy. And <laughs> she'd do all the same joke. And people fucking loved it. <laughs> Even though there was no one of any race any night. Right. She just replaced well, them with the, the closest yeah, variation. S- someone with a Hispanic last name, but. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while your car stereos are gone, the guy's standing there in a polo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her. She made it. She made it work. You're on this tour. You're on the, the Shit Town tour, right? You're calling yes. it Shit Town? No, no, that was the last tour. Oh, that was this the last a, tour. This, yeah, is, this is October Fist tour. <laughs> <laughs> I just like coming up with tour just names. Stupid it, names. It's just the road. Like, it was always the road. I never had a. It's not like I'm changing the material for the tour. My material, it never is, you know, different or the same. It's. Uh, so, but we just like, we have a great fucking artist named Jordan Gum who does great posters. So every time we come up with a new tour name, we get a new poster. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we just, it's fun to come up with titles. It is, isn't it? I've had more, yeah, I've had album titles. Like, I'm finally out now. I wanted to use Beer Hall Putsch. Right. Uh, but yeah, most of my titles I had long before I had an album. Yeah. It's just fun to, oh, fuck, write that down. That's a great album title. Well, some of the, yeah, I mean. It makes you want to work out as a, 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 a set. Yeah. That you can record just so you can use the title. Have you ever come up with fake band names? That's also a very fun exercise. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we do that quite a bit. <laughs> I always look at uh, green rooms. That's why I kill time when we work rock and roll clubs. Yeah. They're all, green rooms are coated in stickers of bands, and I try to find the coolest one and call my brother. Because he's always in a band and always trying to get a cool title. So I always share with him things I found on the road. <laughs> Fat Lady Sings was, that was his, the best one that he came up with. Some of the band names we, what was it? Oh, yeah, that's my rapper name. Dagnabbit? Dagnabbit, yeah. All right, that'll work. Oh, hey, yeah, that was what? from a, one of our podcasts. What is it? Haze of Anal. Haze of yeah, Anal? Something we're, we're talking to Bingo's sister about... Uh, she, when she uh, tried to have anal sex, and uh, but then she noticed a bad, bad smell. And Chaley was talking about, yeah, when that haze of anal starts to creep across the room, it kills the moment. <laughs> All right, there's some, some audio issues as I make another drink. Haze of anal. No, that's okay. Haze of anal is a fucking you want, great band name. Billy, why don't you make Doug a drink? <laughs> I, Chaley, um, can you make me a drink? I should mention that we have... He knows uh, how I like it. Billy Presida here, also of Laughspin, who's, you can hear cackling in the background. Hello, Billy. Hi, Doug. Trying to make this cohesive, but uh, you yeah, know what? now I'm a, just a wreck of nerves and no, I, coffee I, and there, notes. There's, there's a lot going on. I get a fucking hour to make this uh, whole thing funny. You have a show, you have a show in, in, in a little bit. You and you fr- can't not talk about it. I mean, I've tweeted about it. It's, yeah. yeah, you it have friends who have addressed. just died. You have TMZ calling you. You have your, Marilyn Manson is your best friend in the world. <laughs> There's a lot of shit going on in your head, Doug. Yeah, and, and that's okay. Yeah, and it's all going to become a set. Yeah, but that's and the- I have a new like I just put that new you know special out. Sure. So most of the shit that I'm doing anyway is not really strong or, or you know worked out all that well. Is that the smell of a cigarette? Oh fuck! 
All right, everything just got better. Yeah, they brought out an ashtray. Oh Christ! So we I can think smoke you're allowed. In the green room. This. Abs- well, absolutely. I'm not listening. Sorry. Absolutely. What kind of vodka is that? Is that a? That's plastic. Oh, that's Zemkov. We have pop off too. <laughs> now, Can't do you get the pop off down in Bisbee? Have to go with Vitali or Wolfschmidt for the bottomest shelf. <laughs> but, what is uh, it? Let's see. What is this? Pop off. Oh, there's pop off. So, yeah. do you bring this or is this requested? Well, we've been looking for it. You'll you'll see on stage. There's a story that goes with it. But we, this is the first time we found it. Uh, <laughs> so you all right? Good. So you have your vodka. You have a cigarette. You're starting to feel more human. I say on a. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to burn it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, so that's uh, yeah, yeah. Don't burn your material. But yeah, I mean, just like I mean, you have the, you have the new album out. So obviously, just like. We tried to get sponsored by Pop-Off is the short story. Oh, really? And they would have none of it. Really? Why? Yeah. Because they're such a... Exactly. They're... Yeah, so so now I'm bringing Pop-Off out with it. I'm, I'm sponsored by Pop-Off against their will. Fuck you. You can't stop me. Send me the cease and desist. And I will no longer say, you know what? That suicide last night of my good friend and the death of, her, of his... Uh, far too young wife Brought to you by Pop-Off Vodka <laughs> That's what we'll be doing tonight <laughs> That'll get their attention Yeah <laughs> That'll get their attention I mean, I mean what, that fucking it's a, it's a product that I actually use Plastic jug vodka What's their problem? I mean, what are I they I mean Popov is a special blend of. So, by the way, Popov, if you're listening to this, there whoever designed this did not learn anything about contrasting colors. You can hardly fucking read. Here's the, here, what for, is their what is their problem? For, uh, you want to help full, them? Uh, what's the word? Full disclosure. It was not necessarily Popov vodka that said it with their own mouth. My business manager, the Scotsman that was just on the phone. Sure. His background is in marketing. Uh, he was the international marketing director for McAllen's Whiskey. Okay. So on my podcast, I jokingly say, because we don't have sponsors, so I just say shit that I like. So I always say, occasionally say, we're sponsored by Plastic Jug Vodka. And then I thought it'd be funny. So I told him to put some feelers out because he knows a million people right. in the industry. And the quote he got back from his friend, who didn't necessarily talk to them, but knows the business, said that uh, Papa Vodka would not touch him with a barge pole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know that that came off their lips. There is a bit of Chinese telephone in it, but hey, still. Let's assume it did. Let's assume it did. And if I'm wrong, they can come crawling back and embrace (laughs) me as a sponsor. (laughs) Why not go after uh, McAllen? Because it's I don't you, I don't drink McAllen's whiskey. I drink really shitty vodka, and most of my good stories are inspired by that. So I could promote it without any shame or having to you know talk about Audible.com for fucking half an hour, <laughs> where you know I don't use it. <laughs> this is something I actually use. So, what other products would you would you be would you would you want to endorse? Like cigarettes are probably out of the question, and I wouldn't I wouldn't endorse them anyway. I fucking hate the fact that I still smoke. Uh, but uh, Saks underpants, I always give them a free plug. They're fucking fantastic underwear. Saks? Saks with two X's. Yeah, they have like a, a kind of a sewn-in pouch for your balls. Fucking wicked expensive, but oh my God, if you have long, hangy balls, it's worth every penny. Uh, so yeah, I just always say shit I like. Sometimes I'm sponsored by Junior Stopka here. He's a funny comic. <laughs> 
Sometimes I'm sponsored by my own material. Hey, buy my CD. This uh, podcast is, I always forget to plug my own shit or dates. You're not a self-serving person. I should be. I have nothing against it. It's not like I go, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I just forget. Like, oh, fuck, I should do that. You forget about yourself. Yeah, it's just not something I really, you know. Once you, you know, once you have cigarette and pop off money, <laughs> ticket sales are you know, just kind of something that you, you don't worry about as much. <laughs> that is the American dream, the new American dream. I think the last po- uh, podcast we were sponsored by the uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. <laughs> it's a fucking great podcast. There's, I don't think there's a better one out there other than Phil Hendry. It's good. And his is just really recordings of his radio show, but still the funniest shit ever on radio. I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to check it out. Oh, it's great. He does have basically a ventriloquist act where he's he's on regular terrestrial AM radio. Yeah. And he's been doing it forever. He's got like 5,000 hours of this, you know, uh, in in the vault. And he'll take calls. He's on news talk radio. So he does a straight guy. Uh, today, he always has some outrageous guest on the phone who has some crazy opinion that he ramps up, slow burns the thing. Where Now, wait, I, am I understanding you right? That you're trying to get the names of the 11 hijackers from 9-11 added to the memorial wall? <laughs> well, I just think, uh, Phil, that they are human beings. And he's doing both voices. Right. He's on the phone doing the voice. of. He's got like a bunch of different characters that are recurring and they just feed on the people who are spinning the dials and don't know it's a goof and then they call in ape shit irate you're you're trying to tell are you i'm sorry mr henry this is my first time listening to the show but i'm very upset is this is your guest trying to say that black people had it better off as slaves in africa well we gave them stuff that they didn't have uh, uh, they're better off uh, uh, yeah as slaves well, uh, we did give them barbecue. <laughs> the guy's going, you're trying to tell me black people didn't cook over open flame? Well, you didn't have barbecue sauce. And then he comes back in as himself as the straight man. Okay, uh, relax. I, I, I think you're kind of out of line. And it's fucking tremendous radio. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. H-E-N-D-R-I-E, Phil Hendry. All right. Another, and Bill Burr. Another one of your fake sponsors. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, Bill Burr's podcast is uh, is excellent. The Laugh Spin podcast, in fact, is part of he and Al Madrigal started this podcast network, All Things Comedy, and the Laugh Spin podcast right. is part of that. Cool. One of the th- one of the things I, I actually wanted to ask you about related to the new CD is uh, the, the Jake LaMotta bit you do. Oh yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you that clip later. What clip of what? Well, I did the bit after I saw. It's a bit about Jake LaMotta and his. I guess it's not technically his wife yet, fiance. Right. They've been together forever. Basically, his eighth wife. Right. And they do a show called Lady and the Champ, and we went to see it, and it's which was reviewed on the New York Times, by the way. Poorly. I, I yes, I just read a review of it. Yeah. Uh, so I did a bit about it because it was really uh, the most entertaining. Uh, I gotta, I can't allow myself to say train wreck ever again in my life. But it was it was uh, disastrously funny. Yeah. Uh, so I did a a bit about it, and I, it turned into a bit I was really proud of. And I thought he'll he'll be dead by the time it ever gets to DVD, right? Because he's ninety three, and I mean, uh, yeah, he's a wreck. He was going to get married, and they were doing a documentary about it, about him down in Bisbee, and he was at my house playing poker, 
and has started trembling more than he usually trembles anyway to almost fits of trembling and he said he was cold and we put space heaters on either side of him so he should have been a roasted fucking chicken and he's shaking worse and no one's stopping the poker game none of his handlers are dealing with it at some point I said shouldn't someone call Denise and get him because something's obviously wrong and they're like one more hand okay yeah we should one more hand So they brought him straight. He had to cancel his wedding and go straight from my house to the emergency room with pneumonia. Oh, my God. He's not going to be around to see this bit. Well, the bit came out and finally they got wind of it. Right. So I have a clip from that documentary filmmaker. He's back out filming them and it pans from a glass of red wine to her. And she leans in and says, hi, Doug Stanhope. We love you. Go fuck yourself. And then it pans back to this wretched old Jake LaMotta. You got to see it. He looks at her like, what did you just say? Yeah, that was going to be my question. I don't know how to get it out of a text and onto a tweet. Maybe you can show me. It's a video that that you were texted? They texted a video. (coughs) Yeah, that should be easy enough. All right, we'll tweet that tonight. (laughs) <laughs> so evidently they have, uh, or he doesn't have, he he's, has no wherewithal. Yeah. Like if he heard the bit, he wouldn't hear the bit, but she did. Yeah, she must be pissed. She's well, pissed. Well, I'm not so pissed that she didn't, uh, didn't, uh, hang on, I should take this as, fuck. Hello? Hey, you're on, uh, you're on speakerphone. All right, okay. Well, I, I, talked, I talked the chat at TMZ, I think we seem to have hit a story which even TMZ found too far, in the sense that I explained he wants to know what had happened and I explained an outline and he sort of went oh <laughs> that's really that's really bad and I, and I said yeah well I'm just telling you what happened and he went okay I'll have to think about if we can if we're gonna do that I'll call you back <laughs> Why would that's, they? That's what? great because uh, you know uh, when I did the Aristocrats, uh, my idea was to tell it to a kid that was old enough to understand the joke, and they said, "Yeah, that's uh, that we can't do that." Like to be too much for the Aristocrats and TMZ in a lifetime. Those are two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seemed really bummed out. Like, oh, wow! The TMZ guy with a heart—he'll be fired in the morning. But what, I mean, what's the celebrity angle that they were your, your tenants? I have no idea what, they probably just saw my tweets and hoped there was some fucking meat on the hook. Cause they, it's not yeah. like, uh, all right, Brian, I'm going back to podcasting. I'll, I'll let you know if I hear more. I'll, I'll pick up only your calls. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's so odd. It's fucking weird. I mean, having, knowing the facts now, I, I, I don't understand why they would. I mean, what the hell is the the celebrity hook to that? I, uh, if you can put push me as a celebrity on TMZ, right? That's a fucking slow celebrity news day. I mean, if you, I mean, as morbid as it sounds, if you drop dead, sure, TMZ would. They'd do have that. to spend more time <laughs> trying to tell the audience, their audience, who I am, that they wouldn't even have time for the story. They no, they would. What? Wait, what story? Any story, like. <laughs> No, yeah, they would. They would say former man show co-host. Do you remember the man show? Okay, well, it used to be these two guys. (laughs) Then for a minute, there were two other guys. Did you ever see Fear Factor? How about News Radio? Okay, not him. The other guy. Yeah. Here's some footage. Still nothing. (laughs) 
You ever watch uh, Louie? Uh, no, no, because anyone who'd watch TMZ wouldn't watch Louie. Right. <laughs> and vice versa. Anyway, no. someone died. There's, uh, then that wraps up another, <laughs> another episode of TMZ, you fucking cunts. They would, figure, they would figure out a way to do it, I think. It's the most awful people in the world. They got to make a living, dog. And they have a market. That's what kills you. Huge. It's just like churches. Well, you know what? If everyone would stop fucking going. Not going to happen. Nope. Not going to happen. Live in a world of dipshits. Trying to find corners with people you can hang out with. And there's no changing it, Doug. No. No, sometimes you just have to fucking blow your head off. Just try not to do it on my wall. There was no security deposit. You're gonna have to write that in for your next tenants. <laughs> make yeah. make some sort of stipulation. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they were kind of tenants on a like a, a deal. Uh, they'll be uh, it'll be hard to replace those kind of tenants where it's not uh, about money. It's about uh, yeah, we're friends and take care of our shit when we're gone. Right. We'll trade it off. Got it. So you're are you gonna rent it out, or are you just gonna uh, keep it? No, we're gonna do haunted house tours. Mm, we'll be on the Bisbee, Bis, Bisbee Ghost Tour. Every every shithole town that's trying doesn't really have a a tourist angle other than Bisbee's really beautiful to look at. But every one of those towns has a ghost tour. But we live in the wrong part of Bisbee. We live in the residential part. They'd have to make a long detour to get to our place to see the room where it all happened. <laughs> How did Jake LaMotta end up in Bisbee? Uh, Denise is from there. Oh. His wife. Get out. So, yeah, that's where she grew up, and then she moved to New York. So they live in, they only live there part-time. Oh, okay. But they live, like, two blocks away. And uh, they're there. They should be there now. So I was walking my dog past their house the other day, and I'm like, oh, fuck, they're, it's October. They're home. So I started walking way faster. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make eye contact. That's a funny image, Doug Stanhope running away from a 93-year-old former boxer. No, it's the 61-year-old wife that, that understood that get compared to, <laughs> as a trophy wife to a bowling trophy. Uh, <laughs> really no explaining that one away. <laughs> <laughs> You're a comedian. You were just joking. I you didn't know, mean it. I'm sure she. I'm sure she'll be fine. She doesn't care. Yeah, she's nice. <laughs> I did say that in the bit. I said she's you very did. nice. Many she times she doesn't focus on that part of it. She just has a negative attitude. Many times you said she was sweet and very nice. Yes, yeah. and she still is. Yes, but my God, that show! I feel like the New York Times could have been even more harsh about it. Yeah, again, you, you you look bad where you're beating up on an old guy, but, and she swears, oh, this is the funny thing, is in the bit, I talk, I use one of the jokes he makes, uh, I fought Sugar Ray so many times, it's a wonder I don't have diabetes. Right. It's not a bad joke, but then he forgets the joke and does it again. <laughs> That's part of the bit that came out. He went on, they both went on, excuse me, they both went on Opie and Anthony a couple weeks ago. Gets in studio, he opens with that joke. 90 seconds later, he does the joke again. About the eight-minute mark, he does the joke again. The fourth time he does the joke, in a half-an-hour interview, he goes, oh, I was afraid I already did that one. And Norton's going, no, no, you, you're doing great. 
It's funny every time. Oh God! So it was exactly what I uh, and ever I get all these emails going. I thought you were exaggerating. I, no, I was doing the opposite. Yeah, this is way fucking worse. <laughs> so uh, all right, so you you, so you have the new album out. You keep cranking. You know, I've I've talked to you before uh, about uh, your the the prolific nature of your career, and you've said to me before. You you crank these specials out and these albums out out of fear because yeah. you want people to get just you're afraid that you're going to go on stage. Well, I have such a, a, a you know a, a small but tenacious audience that they see me a lot. They'll come to a lot of shows. Yeah. it's not like hey, it's, you know, you, it, the Doug Stanhope's down there. Should we go see comedy? No, you're. It's people see my shit. Yeah. Not, you know, and the same people so right so I feel like every time I go on stage like, I, that's why I did the shit town tour I gotta get new material when I'm gonna play places I've never played right. so that way if I have to do shit that's not on the album but I know they've heard before in Austin, Texas I have 45 minutes to, I can put out a new special right now of just shit I had to cut out of the last one yeah uh but yeah, so I go to places I've never been because if I've been in the town, I assume every single person was at that show last time <laughs> and has a complete, uh, you know, total recall of every word I said that night. Right. They're all drunks. It's all in my head, but it's still in my head. Well, I mean, it keeps you it keeps you cranking out new material. Yeah, if you think there's you know, someone in the closet that's going to stab you, and you know it's illogical and irrational, it doesn't matter. You're still fucking terrified. Right. So and yeah, you know, it keeps me prolific as much as I can be, and uh, then it ruins all my days. <laughs> I sit around thinking, this isn't funny, I don't have enough, it's not good enough. And you don't love the process of, of actually no. f- filming or, or taping albums? No, I hate that the most. Why? I mean... It's, it's so fake in the moment. Yeah. Where you're, again, you're trying to ignore the fact that I'm in a Dante's, which is this fantastic little CD, uh, you know evil suicide girl kind of bar mm. in Portland but on tape night I mean I play there all the time it's wicked cool but no not when you're not when you're taping it's overly lit I mean it might look good on camera but in the moment it looks like you're in a you know, bright shining room everyone's you know there's cranes and what do you call the you know trolley tracks or whatever they or the, yeah cameras going by and everyone in the room is trying to ignore this fucking quarter million dollars worth of equipment hovering over their heads so it's just yeah it's just a phony feeling to it so why not just do albums what it, I, I could but evidently the market is dvds mm-hmm. i'd much rather only do audio yeah because i don't like my fucking head Just the editing process to have to look at your own head and know that it looks nothing like the way you have to imagine it looks to get through life (laughs) ruins me. Yeah. So the market wants, they want the Netflix. Yeah, I I very rarely, eventually, like I've listened to your album half a dozen times. I haven't, I haven't even seen the special. Yeah, I have I, no idea I what it looks like. I only listen to comedy in the car. Yeah. It's the only place I'd ever listen to it is on a long road trip, or even just to the airport is an hour and a half for me. So I fucking love getting a comedy CD, chucking it in. Yeah. It's hard for me to sit down and, like, sit down on my couch and watch comedy. I'd much rather be in the car or in the off chance that I'm exercising, maybe right. put some earbuds in. And I, I, I usually don't like, you know, like, 
specials like in theaters they're usually just overhyped fucking Norton's HBO special yeah you want to just kill everyone in the audience for <laughs> clapping over his timing I know what his timing sounds right. like I know what that would sound like if it were in the comedy cellar right and now it sounds like he's doing the state of the union <laughs> right? a, a applause break after every third breath shut the fuck up yeah and that's what they do. They train the audience to do that beforehand. Right. They have a warm-up guy making them practice clapping. Go, oh. People want to see the spectacle, I guess. I guess They want so. to be convinced that. I don't know. Is it the idea that if there's more people there, he must be funnier? Like, oh, he must be popular if he... Yeah, I guess visually, it's the, it's the quickest way to tell the audience that what they're watching is important. Right. And I, I think it ruins it. Would yeah. you rather see Dave Attell you know, at this? I don't even know what the cellar holds. 60 people? <laughs> Where's the Something like, like that? About a buck 20 maybe? Like yeah. You want to see him yeah. there or at the yeah. fucking amphitheater? Yeah. When Attell did his, it, when he finally did the HBO special, I felt, I, and, and he might have even talked about this, but he seemed a little awkward because it was at a theater. And Attell is like, you know, one of the greatest club comics. Absolutely ever. the greatest. And, uh, no you know, he had the jacket on. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with the jacket, but he's not a jacket guy. Yeah. You know, he's a black t shirt and, you know, yeah. windbreaker over the black t shirt sort of guy. Yeah. Sweatshirt. Yeah. And it seemed a little, little forced. Yeah. I'm with you. So, what else? You want to talk about I death? I don't know. We, I, I, gotta, I gotta fucking grab my notes and start making death into a set. Yeah. Well, Doug, listen, it's been it's been nice chatting with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to yeah, talk. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna just completely blow this off as well as all the other interviews, and I thought, well, let's just do it because it's real even if it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Well, I appreciate it. I know you've had a, a tough day. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in about uh, 80 minutes here. Tick, 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 tick. Nice. Thanks, Doug. Thanks. And there you have it. Doug Stanhope on the Laugh Spin Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our little chat, the little slice of life we captured before he took to the stage at Levity Live there in West Nyack, New York. Guys, please check us out at allthingscomedy.com. That is our lovely podcast network that was started by Al Madrigal and Bill Burr go there. If you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so at LaughSpin.com. Please leave a review on the iTunes page at the LaughSpin Podcast. Uh, Follow us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher at TuneIn.com. Until next week, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.